Good afternoon, meat suits and meat dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 191. We've now done as many episodes as the number that, if you dial it on your phone, will give you an automated message making fun of dyslexic people with emergencies. (laughs) What? (laughs) No. It's not true, but it it should be true. I like the idea a lot. Really? (laughs) You like the idea? (laughs) Oh, God, this this doesn't sound like an idea I would like. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Actually, I think it is the emergency number in Brazil or something like that. So Brazilians would get the opposite message when they were here. (laughs) No one be alarmed except for a Brazilian. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of things that aren't true, this week uh, we're talking about Punchline, the 1988 film uh, starring Tom Hanks and Sally Field about... Stand-up comedy. Huh? Are you excited? (laughs) You don't seem excited. Uh. You should be. This week's uh, episode is sponsored by audiblepodcast.com slash rootandweep, where you you can go right now, get a free trial of their service and a free audiobook for uh, just just for signing up and using our URL, and you support our show, which would be great. And this week's episode is also sponsored by our guest today, Gabe. It's his guilty pleasure. Uh, Gabe, before we talk about this anymore, mm-hmm. please start now by, and we'll introduce you in a second. But first, tell us why you chose this as your guilty pleasure. Well, look, if I wasn't a comedian, I'm sure I wouldn't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, if I wasn't a comedian and I saw this, I would have to be. Right. <laughs> it makes you want to do it. But really, it's like, it? depending on how I feel in my career, the week I'm watching Punchline, <laughs> which isn't that often. Don't get it, don't get it wrong. Sometimes I identify with the Tom Hanks character, uh-huh. the the troubled but on the rise young comedian. Yeah. Sometimes, a lot of times, I'm the New Jersey housewife <laughs> uh, who's balancing my love for family and my love of comedy. Uh-huh. Uh, sometimes, sometimes you're the singing nun. Sometimes I'm the singing nun. Sometimes I'm the old guy, Billy, who they don't let do the contest. <laughs> Sorry, Billy, your time has come and gone. <laughs> I was in something bigger. It was bigger. <laughs> and so you just you just like it. It's like when it's poker players watch rounders, and I'm sure yes. golfers watch uh, Happy Gilmore. I guess probably, I they probably, probably just probably watch golf. Cup. Yeah, or golf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear that on TV. Golf. I also wish comedy was like Punchline. First of all, you could be terrible, and people would laugh like crazy. <laughs> uh, also, there's apparently 12 comedians in the whole world. Yeah, that's. And they all work at that one club. And they get an audition, and they're like, sorry, we can only take ten of you. (laughs) (laughs) You could pick a topic, your guilty pleasure and make us watch it or read it by going to readdeshweep.com slash sponsor. Do that right now. Tell us something that you like. Maybe something about your work. Like maybe uh, if you're a dentist. Is there a dentist movie? Um, There's that one scene in Little Shop of Horrors. I was going to go there Yeah, too. you could be or, or <laughs> finding Nemo. Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> or if you're a botanist. Yeah, or if you're a giant plant from outer space. <laughs> Any uh, car manufacturers want to watch Gung Ho? Anybody? <laughs> or Fast and the Furious 6? Oh, coming up soon. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I hear it's the good one, guys. It's going to be the good one. <laughs> it worked out all the kinks. <laughs> Fuck you. They're all brilliant. 
I saw an ad for that and I was like, holy shit, they made a fourth Fast and the Furious. And then it said, and then it said six and I almost fainted. That's how you feel old. Yeah. Wow. Uh, anyway, so readdeskweek.com slash sponsor. Go there now. Let me introduce you to your panel today. I'm your host. My name is Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underline Falcone. Uh, here are some of my friends. First up, he's at Ezra Fox on Twitter in San Francisco, California, from a lovely apartment with a house plant behind him. It's Ezra Fox. <laughs> Alex, I'm going to show you my goods. 25 bucks a pop. They're all Polish jokes. <laughs> I like to imagine that if he was like selling jokes to anybody else, they just like they'd show somebody else come in and like the say like the black guy would go in and buy his jokes and he'd come back and be like, I'm married to a Polish man. <laughs> <laughs> Even my dad's got stretch marks. <laughs> also joining us today, he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter in Seattle, Washington. It's Chris Smith. So this is funny. Let me tell you. I, I says to him, I says to him, Charlemagne, pass the champagne. No, why why aren't you laughing? It's funny. <laughs> My history class loves me. It kills in my history class. It kills. Oh man, comedy's they, it's hard. Like they you had guys. fruit only for that guy. Like, yeah, they, they oh, brought fruit. Yeah, yeah. To throw <laughs> there was, there was actually fruit being thrown at the comedians. That was happening. Oh, it was of flying fruit. Also, as it's a, like as a, shitting on history teachers for being comedians, but they love housewives becoming comedians, which seems like a weird. Like, why do you hate history teachers? Yeah. I know at least three professional comedians, full-time comedians, who were history majors, at least. Absolutely. It's a, po- it's a popular... Absolutely. And that history teacher in the movie never got a laugh, still got to do the big TV pilot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Johnny Carson showcase. We're like, what? yeah, he's terrible, but he's one of us. He's one of, one of ten out of... Tw- he's in the top... He's not Billy, 99%. so... 99%. <laughs> yeah, anyone but Billy. Get that old son of a bitch out of here. He's making us look bad. The singing nun got to audition. The singing uh, nun. For Letterman. Who was just... Uh, just a guy wearing a nun outfit singing a song. Singing the, the hits. He was just singing old, like, standbys. Uh, all right. Also joining us today, our special guest today, he is at Gabe Rutledge on Twitter and co-hosts a very funny podcast with his wife, mostly about porn, called The Rutledges, <laughs> which is at RutledgeRadio.com. Please welcome Gabe Rutledge. We better do this podcast fast, guys, because funny Steve is going down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know you're killing it in comedy when people just start calling you funny Steve. <laughs> all the best comedians. <laughs> I hope we finish in time for me to get back to my med school pictorial exam that i've got coming up <laughs> med school point at very large recognizable anatomy exam yeah it's funny yeah. the one that i would i would have called everything on that chart a rectum and that was the one he missed yeah i'm not a doctor <laughs> even a stopped rectum is right twice a day <laughs> podcast is over we're done <laughs> everybody drop your laptops. the mic yeah <laughs> Drop your laptop would be a shitty way to end the podcast. <laughs> oh shit! I needed click that. Save first. <laughs> yeah. Control S. Drop the pot. Drop, <laughs> anyway. uh, drop the podcast. Drop. The podcast. All right, uh, Chris. Why don't you? Uh, for those of those of us who uh, not us, I watched it. For those of you who missed this, uh, Chris, why don't you summarize for our, our our loyal fans tonight? Why don't you summarize uh, in the style of jokes? <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> I just if you would like to do it in a racist Korean accent <laughs> no no <don't> do that <laughs> I got ready and I was like mm, no. no 
that's not, not great. Um, so let me just put it to you straight, and I'll let you come up with the punchline, okay? Um, oh, sure. That's a good idea. So Stephen Gold just flunked out of med school, and he's broke. Funny Steve. And he's homeless, but he's charming. <laughs> and he's an up-and-coming comic at the one comedy club in New York City, and it's called The Gas Station. And he more or less, he's at the, he's more or less at the top of the pecking order. I mean, there's like him, there's like the singing nun, there's the sound effects guy, and then there's a series <laughs> of other people. Who's number two at that club? Who I, mean, I think I just it's sound effects nun. guy. <laughs> I think when the sound effects guy did his competition set, everyone was like, "Oh yeah, all right. wait, wait, wait. I mean, was that it not does David sound Wayans? like a helicopter?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's New York in the '80s, okay, and yeah. and Tom Hanks is there, and Sally Field is, is Lila. Um, it, last name is Polish. Um, she's a mom from New Jersey, and Lila she's Polish. juggling a comedy career. <laughs> And a family. Her husband is Polish, at least according to her jokes and her driver's license. Um, John Goodman plays the improbable, mad Polish husband, and he once again did we mention he's Polish? Um, he, Even he, when he's kind of like like bordering on an abusive husband, it's still John Goodman. He's just like all oh, Sully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come here, boo. Um, so uh, he sells insurance, and Sally's supposed to be a homemaker. Uh, this Lila character. She's supposed to be a homemaker. They have three daughters. Not a lot of money, but they do pay a maid to do the cleaning and to look after the kids during the day so Sally Field can do fuck all. Um, oh, my God. It's more probably Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Sally Field is in a pickle, though, because she, she wants to get good at stand-up comedy, but she needs new material. So she spends her $500 in rainy day money on jokes from somebody, some shady character, and uh, they predictably uh, don't actually work. In, and because they're not a good fit, she didn't write them. Or don't match her character. And, the kind and of she continues who to bomb. All of their jokes on note cards probably weren't <laughs> yeah. writing the best jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so that's like, you know, that's problem statement. But how many, wait, sorry, just, I'm oh. just curious, how many jokes do you get for $500, Gabe? How many do you think? Wasn't it 25 bucks? Uh, in, uh, rem- remember, this was the 80s, so. Oh, man, that you could get 20 minutes probably for $500 if they're not famous. Yeah, if but you, if you could sell jokes to open micers, I would go to open mic all the time. <laughs> I'd just be like, whatever you just saw me do that you like, <laughs> it's all on the table. I mean, you could just go up there for them. It's like, hey, this this set is for that guy, and you just do, you do your set. I'll be speaking on his behalf. <laughs> if if you were thinking about sleeping with me after this, he gets it. Yeah, that's just that's the deal. You're like his second in a duel. <laughs> the open mic is 20 people and you are 18 of them with different names <laughs> different being hat. single's hard yeah. yeah so i'm married to a polish yeah. guy <laughs> oh my god okay so check it out sally fields wants to buy jokes she spends her money the junk store work she wants to buy more jokes because she's sure that her business plan is working um and she wants to get jokes from tom hanks who's like the ace of the club and she knows he's good but she doesn't have the money, so instead they just kind of kick it and they ride the subway and he mentors her in what is funny as opposed to what is not funny. And she's a slow <laughs> learner, but she seems to be starting to get it. It's and an the, important lesson. Yeah, and the extra time she's putting into knowing funny from not funny and kicking it with <laughs> Hanks, she's working on her material and it's getting her better laughs. But it's cutting yeah. into her homemaking time. Um, and, and this makes her husband upset and there's some family drama. That home um, is like 50% made. She has so much more work to do. Oh, God. 
all the dusting. Um, so <laughs> John Goodman wants Sally Field to quit comedy, but she loves it. It's her passion. And instead, she runs into the arms of Tom Hanks for like one hot second before realizing she's married and he's poor and not really a good catch. So, um, uh, you know, Hanks after this, because he actually did like Sally Field, uh, he's a little unbalanced by this and he has a lot of confessionals and a lot of stuff like that. But... Meanwhile, in this whole melange of nothing revolving one comedy club, uh, there is a plot element. There's a network TV comedy co- contest, um, and it's going to be filmed at the club, and the winner gets to go on Carson. So all the comics compete, and Hanks and Field do their... Okay, so they do the contest, <laughs> and surprise, Sally Field wins the contest. She was funnier with her dick jokes about her Polish husband than Tom Hanks was <laughs> about his jokes about medical school. Were those Shocker. jokes that she does in the contest supposed to be, like, that's the evolved version and not? Yeah. Because it sounded like she was still joking. It was, like, very similar. To the, the jokes that she like, bought? Yeah. 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 They were very similar. Like, my husband can't get it up was the one that she bought. And then this one was like, my husband is uh, is great, except when I want him to have sex with me, and then he can't get it up. It was, like, the same. Yeah. Yeah. The and, same joke. And there were some very questionable material choices for a TV showcase. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, those yeah. were not TV sets, nor <laughs> no. do I believe that Sally Field or Tom Hanks' sets were a tight five. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely like, lingered a lot. Yeah, there's like five fade outs, like, you know, like transitioning to the next thing. It, it was like a three-hour set. Yeah, it was It was a loose three hours that ended with a callback to the first minute for Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh. like, yeah. I don't remember that time. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, she's going to be on TV, but she turns it down because she thinks Tom Hanks deserves it more because she's just a housewife. And uh, who cares about she, external indicators of success? You know, uh, when <laughs> no, she, she can won her go, husband's love she, finally, yeah, yeah. 15 years into this yeah. wedding. Well, that's, this marriage. that's true. But you, you already had that and you could go on Carson. But instead, she's, she yeah, just right. said, no, she's that would be too much. That. Um, and, and so she goes back home to New Jersey and Tom Hanks apparently goes on to middling stardom. <laughs> he goes on to find out that going on Carson once does not guarantee you a career. Yeah. Also, uh, John Goodman hated her comedy until he saw it. Then he loved it. Yes. And then immediately started bombarding her with horrible joke ideas. <laughs> Based on their kids. So that yeah, when her entire right? set was dick yeah. jokes. Yeah, you should tell this story. You should tell that story. You know what? I, if it was a real life, she'd be like, you know what? It was better when it was a secret. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cheating on you. Let's just stop because at least you're not going to give me suggestions for that. I just want a contest. You sell insurance. Shut it. <laughs> this movie is a lot of things that I think people think comics are. Yeah. Uh, for example, no, I bet you could be funny at a bus stop. Nope. <laughs> nope. He, yeah, he, he does stand outside busking? at one point. Like comedy busking. Yeah. yeah, he did. He did a hospital, which I have done a nursing home. I can tell you, I did not have that similar experience. <laughs> did they for your nursing home? Did they wheel all of the patients into the lobby? <laughs> <laughs> all of their O2 tanks and their IVs and the the obligatory arm straight up in the air cast. Uh, all of and all the doctors and the nurses just sitting in the lobby listening to this guy. <laughs> Do crowd work for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And also, when I did the nursing home, people left 
They're literally saying I'd rather stare at my wall <laughs> than watch you do comedy. I've got two days left to live. I'm not wasting one of them this way. <laughs> yeah, when you I'm hear good. someone leaving their little rascal scooter <laughs> half a mile an hour, that's hurtful. No one walked out, but some people scooted out. They're like the red lining on their scooter is just like cannot get <laughs> fast enough. Well, the good news about when somebody walks out on you in a rascal is they still hear the next eight minutes of jokes. <laughs> <laughs> We like to start and end every show with a compliment. It's called a compliment sandwich, and uh, today, as the guest, you can go first or last in the opening compliment. Which do you prefer, Gabe? Uh, I'll go last, sure. Okay, great. Uh, why don't we have Ezra go first today? Um, all right, I'm just really simple. Sally Field had a great comeback. Uh, at one point, she was like pissing off the owner towards the end, and he was like, do you want to keep working here tomorrow? And she was like, yes, I do, and then just leaves. <laughs> That was probably her best line. We it was awesome. repartee of Sally Field, everybody. <laughs> uh. Well, I mean, I think the implication was you won't get to, yeah. but he was just so flummoxed by her saying yes. It was like, oh, well, I guess I asked, so she has I, to now. I mean, it'd be rude to take it away. Okay, well, well, Monday through Friday. Right, I wouldn't want to disappoint your expectations. <laughs> it won't be a good spot. <laughs> you sort of talked me into that, but at least you have to follow the nun. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to go second. My my compliment is, uh, well, I guess uh, my, my compliment is that they don't make comedy shows like they used to. Uh, the the gigantic green room had the nun, uh, the sound effects guy. There was an old crooner. There was a just a juggler warming up the whole time. Yeah. Uh, never saw him perform. He was <laughs> not like, maybe he was just yeah. He was just the green room entertainer or something. Like he was just there to keep people Wait, busy. Was that the guy with the hat also? Because that hat bit I liked a lot. I don't remember. Like, like where he like he tried to move his hat on stage, but he acted as if the hat was stuck, and his body like couldn't move past the hat. And he like you know tried to budge the hat, but like he was really good at, like physically like, keeping the hat like in place. And he was like, Ugh, uh. I do like a good clowning routine. Yeah. I'm assuming it would not work that well in an open mic. Yeah, I mean, just we don't have a lot of hat comedy nowadays. It's true. Yeah, there's <laughs> less of it. <laughs> there, one of the guys is. You remember the guy with the big boombox who came yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carrying the 1980s, like, four-foot-tall boombox. Okay, this, this is kind of sad. His name is Angel Salazar, and he's still a comedian, which isn't sad, but he <laughs> still brings out a boombox. Wait, that's, that was his real, that's his real act. That's his real, and he, and he yeah, it's, it's still <laughs> happening. He's changed the song. <laughs> That's I actually think bringing that size boombox out is probably funnier now than it was in the <laughs> 80s when people actually had them. Yeah, it's sort of like a, right. it's a tournament, you know, where like uh, everyone starts doing that in the 80s. But if you're the last person with a with a boombox, you like got like basically the market on like it's a monopoly, you know, on yeah. boombox having yeah. large boombox unless... humor. <laughs> <laughs> That's my bit, dude. That's mine. Uh, all right. So uh, next major compliment is Chris. Uh, what's yeah, your, I guess that's me. Yours? Um, you know, my comment is just that it had been a really long time since I'd seen a movie with like a, a young skinny Tom Hanks, and I I like young skinny Tom Hanks. He's uh yeah. he's affable, yeah. and uh you know charming. He's, he's big, and uh, yeah, he's he's big, and he makes a splash. And uh, <laughs> no, he's uh, in a league of his own. Right. <laughs> Although he he started to get a little old by that time. Yeah, that's true. That's um, yeah. Anyway, so no, he just yeah. like unlike the rest of the aspects of this movie, him being on screen, not when he was doing comedy so much, held my attention. 
Yeah, I mean, he's just... Uh, He's on his way to the moon. Yeah, I think he, he's going to be a big star one day. Big. I think he's he very Philadelphia. Mm. <laughs> it's over, man. Let it go. I thought he did a good job acting like a comedian. Yeah. The, the material was terrible. Oh, yeah. But there was the undeserved laughter of the audience. Uh, the, the only thing similar to that was... At a, was when Data went in the holodeck on Next Generation. Yeah. <laughs> when he was pretending to be a comedian and they would just laugh no matter what he said. Because it was in the was program, the old, yeah. It was, yeah. That was like, everything they said was just hysterical. I, I thought, well, it's, I don't remember, because the, like, the second half of the movie is him bombing. And I thought he bombed badly as well. Like, it is unrealistic bombing where he was just like, an agent's here to see me. Uh I'm gonna start crying. Like he just, well, it was but his it was dad. his dad. You didn't get his that. It was, was his dad and his, his brother. It wasn't was an agent. agent. He, he looked out in the crowd and he, and he thought it was gonna be an agent. And he looked and it was dad oh, and his shit. brother who he thought he had been <laughs> yeah. keeping the secret movie. of his comedy. Different from. movie. Did you did you just get that? The one plot point, Alex. That was, was actually. A, I I almost said powerful. That would have been way overstating it. But that was actually a pretty big scene. Yeah. That was like. Yeah, it's he way had, different than I thought. He had a meltdown in front of his dad and started crying about how he can't. Look at blood or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. his dad wanted thought, to be a doctor. So he thought an agent was coming. Yes. Yep. yes. So he gets all amped oh, up. That's why he said, I thought I was going to get discovered, and that's what happened. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, Alex. man, what a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I was like, why am I so heartless? Why do I hate this movie? Oh I didn't get it. When did we see his dad before that? How did we, we know his dad? But he we didn't. Said. It was implicit. He said that on stage, in fact. Yeah, I think it's my dad. I have some people here. in the audience tonight, is what he said. Yeah, he didn't say his dad is. You guys are geniuses, I think, is what happened. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gabe. Uh, oh. let's, let's get this going. Uh, you, compliment. It's your turn now. Uh, well, you know, a lot of movies, you root for the affair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Because yeah. it seems yeah. sexier, it seems yeah. more fun. Uh, uh, the John Goodman character sort of this big mean son of a bitch but in this movie even though John Goodman is not portrayed as a nice husband the no. whole time you're still like don't do it yeah. yeah do not get this is a bad idea I mean I'm a simpleton so I just I always root for <laughs> I always root for couples to just be honest with each other mm. uh, and that's what I really wanted for her I was like just just tell him how much this means to you, and then he'll understand. At the end, she did. Yeah, and then it worked great. And he yeah. like, okay, great, can I come see it? Like, they decided to talk about their feelings, and it solved everything. Right. I always root for people to have good communication. I, I did like the line, though, where they decided not to have an affair. Yeah. And and uh, she says to Tom Hanks, I don't know their real names, <laughs> Sally, Sally Field says to Tom Hanks, she says, uh, I'm a lousy lay. And he says... So am I. We would have been perfect. Yeah. That was actually... I liked that line. That like, was a no, good moment, yeah. No bullshit. I liked that line. Although they're wrong. Like, if you're both bad lays, you would not make it better. No, it, but you, that's a good match. Like, as in, like, no one would be disappointed because none of them are used to good no, sex. No, you'd both be disappointed. Like, okay, no. so, like, there are a lot of things. Like, and if you're bad at it, you still want the other person to be good. Uh, that person needs to pull both of your weight. You don't want someone else... Because, like, if you're both dead fish, there's no sex. Then it's just decaying fish but it's it's not it's like, like doubles like, tennis yeah. where one guy can <laughs> <laughs> what sort of is right i don't it's know sort of like you are a rally like... partner who's about at your level right yeah that's right that's you know, exactly right that is maybe true in tennis but i don't know i i just always i thought you wanted to fuck up right isn't that 
sideways. <laughs> Isn't that your thing? At least at your level? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but at least they're fucking yeah, up, but then there's like, you know, trying to swing at the pro level, and I think everybody would be disappointed. Yeah, just point. big whiffs all around. Well, I thought you only got better by playing with someone better than you. I think you bring them down, though, right? They get worse. Yeah, you, you guys equalize, so you want to play with someone who's 100, so you guys can meet in the middle at 50. <laughs> a, two and a, a 2 and a 10 make a 6. Yeah, that's how... <laughs> so it's only good for the 2. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh... How would that two get that ten? For the record, I'm just kind of curious how how you the see that mystery out. method, Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> just insults and funny, funny hat. Yeah, exactly. Goggles, oh, steampunk that, goggles, Ezra. There should be there should be a thing for the ten though, right? Like how to avoid just anyone. <laughs> how to avoid twos. Yeah. <laughs> That's a totally different book. The opposite of the pickup artist, like the put down artist. Yes. <laughs> how to say no to men in bars. <laughs> I think women come with that. I don't know. Hmm. I think that's, think that's factory installed. In. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need an aftermarket put down. All right, let's uh, so let's uh, try to understand this movie a little better. Like I already am. Uh <laughs> it's just one revelation oh, after good another. God. <laughs> Terrible. I Oh man. Uh this is, by the way, why Megan and I are great at movies together is because, like, I miss major plot points, but she can't understand dialogue. <laughs> so I, I, I tell her what the characters are saying, and she tells me what it means. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying the sky wasn't actually falling in that book? I don't... I, I mean, that's... She was like, the sky is what? I just didn't hear it. I just didn't catch it. Yeah. No, it's falling, honey. Oh, that's a metaphor. And then we're like, great. Now we're both... We're at a six for this movie. How are you... How are you both 90 years old already? <laughs> Wait, this is crazy, though. This is like you're both twos, and somehow you average out to a six. That's way more impressive. <laughs> we're twos a different thing. That's what love does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're better to get... Yeah, it's two and two make six. That's love. That's wow. exactly right. Wow. Uh, anyway, so it Gabe, uh, for, since she's not here now, uh, why don't you explain some stuff to us? So we're going to ask you some questions about the movie and about uh, a comedy as well. We're going to call this Gabe Arissa Explains It All. <laughs> That's my favorite one so far. <laughs> it's bad. I will it's, accept it. Uh, yeah. Uh, or we could also call it uh, uh, Gabe Rutledge's Guide to Comedy and Love. Those are, that's another option. That sounds like I might need to know what I'm talking about, though. Well, uh, why don't we just have you... Let's, let's have you explain the movie first. So, does anybody <laughs> have a question that you think Gabe could elucidate for you? Um, was it really that easy to become famous? Yeah. Well, in 1988, was it just like... Because there is there's a part where Tom Hanks says, like... I've come down to this club every night for 18 months. Like, like yeah. that meant you get to be on TV. Well, I think it was not that easier, but it was easier. I definitely think there was just less. Like, if you read books like I have about the New York comedy mm-hmm. scene, it was like, maybe it's just because they don't talk about the people who didn't make it. That's right, it's all written by people who got to other yeah, levels, yeah. right? Yeah, right. who didn't die like, of, like, hunger in the It streets. just seems like... <laughs> Everyone who was hanging out in 1980 at this club eventually went on to pretty great success, you know. Well, we were we were reading. It was a uh, what was it called? We were both reading. Oh, I'm dying up here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By I can't read it. It's too far away. Um, William something or other. Anyway, uh, and it was like it was just about it was in L.A. But it was like it was about six comedians, and you'd heard five of their names. Yeah. So you're like, well, they're obviously gonna make it, and that other guy's obviously gonna kill himself because otherwise he would not be in this book. Sure enough. And sure enough. So like I feel like it's that same way. You read about the New York in the 80s, and it's like. 
no one's writing about that guy who's still carrying the boombox. But there's also, at that time, it was like, uh, and I'm not, I wasn't there, but uh, it, was a, it was sort of a fad stand-up comedy. Yeah, yeah it was go like, to a comedy show. Yeah, it was like, it, it was like oh, there was this new thing. And like, so it was almost like a, a, the standards were some, somewhat lower for what it was expected, I think. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's what's going on with burlesque right now. <laughs> At least in Portland. It's burlesque, like, a new thing. Well, it's not that it's a new but it's a fad now to go uh, see like okay. modern burlesque. So there's all these burlesque shows where it's just like people not trying very hard. What does that look uh, like? I mean, I don't is have it, a camera, it but just, it's like this. Is it... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is is burlesque like sort of out of shape stripping? Is that what it, it is? And they don't finish stripping. It's like out of shape stripping if you turned it off halfway through. So it's yeah. like uh, and maybe I'm some jugglings in there or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then somebody does a really shitty magic trick. So it's like it's like ADD stripping where like you like you start to strip and then you like get distracted by like you know juggling and then you just like leave. Do eight? <laughs> do people with ADD still can't get through a whole strip tease? If it's starting slow, yeah. Uh... <laughs> so like, there's there are people out there who like with adult ADD. Who are like, man, I hate strip clubs. The girls just get half naked and then it's over. <laughs> and then something shiny happens in the other And room. then I walk away. <laughs> oh, that's a sad disease. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Framed in those terms, yes. <laughs> the realities of ADD just hit me. <laughs> <laughs> this shit got real, guys. Oh, so... Man. So here's what I want to know then. If it was if it was easy, it may have been easier, but also they're doing different stuff to get famous then. Like Tom Hanks goes off stage... And he rubs lotion on his lower back. I and then he. I'm, I'm not sure. I think that was just the equivalent of him showering because he had no home. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was also him being poor. It wasn't for the comedy specifically. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was just he was trying to shower by splashing his torso with water and rubbing mm-hmm. it with paper towels, which sounds very yeah. painful. Not uh, the best. Yeah. Also, like if you're gonna be if you're just showering in the green room, like what do you really have to go with torso? Like go with the greatest hits, right? <laughs> Start with like you know, uh, what PTA. Uh, what pits taint asshole? Are those your greatest hits, Chris? No, as far as what gets the stinkiest. <laughs> they were in the eighties. <laughs> uh, we're back with PTA, notes, right? <laughs> you remember this one from nineteen eighty eight? PTA <laughs> featuring the greatest hit, Taint. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I feel like you don't have to go discography in the green room. Just yeah. play the, play the hits. Yeah. Well, Although Gabe, have I... you ever been anywhere that you, you had a locker and you were encouraged to store performance clothes in there and multiple sets in case you felt no. like dressing up some somewhere else? Uh, one time, a couple times, I've been places that have a locker for the wait staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that, but that whole like, oh, we got this weird clubhouse we hang out in. Uh, that's actually bigger than the showroom. It's, yeah, it's like a basement with thirty foot ceilings. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's pretty great. And also, of all the unrealistic things in this movie, the most unrealistic is they show a waitress laughing. <laughs> <laughs> she could have. It could have been her first day. That's true. <laughs> Wait, is it because waitresses have no sense of humor anymore, well, or that they've just, seen it all? It's they've seen it all, and they're just worried about getting their tips. And uh, they, yeah, and they hate comedians because they've all slept with three or four of them. And been been not treated well. One one time, I was at a club where someone started. First day, she's like, "You're hilarious." Day three, she's like, "So you just kind of do the same thing every night?" <laughs> she thought you were gonna do a new hour, yes. seven shows, seven different hours. And I had to be the one to break it to her. Like, no, 
This is. <laughs> I mean, even if you're doing like the kind of crowd work they showed in this movie, where you just go to someone in the audience and you're like, "What do you do for a living? Where are you from?" Like, even that would be pretty obvious by the third night. Yeah, not right. that different. Right. You'd be pretty sick of it. Yeah, and also when the crowd, you know, the, the, where are you from? Michigan. Hilarious. They don't even <laughs> have to start anything. Yeah, Michigan is a laugh line. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Gabe, another question. Um, has an older, funnier comic ever mentored you and then tried to sleep with you? Hmm. Good question. Uh, or would you like them to? <laughs> <laughs> what if you got them really liquored up first? <laughs> I, I've had a little bit of mentoring, uh, which I always appreciated. Now that I know that sex was on the table, I feel like maybe they didn't, they didn't like me as much as I thought. <laughs> uh, no, that level of like take someone under your wing is uh, a little overstated in this movie as far as like, I see your potential. First of all, why did he see your potential? She was terrible. She had no yeah. potential. Yeah. No. But he's like, no, you're funny. You just haven't found it yet. Yeah, I think it's, you could be a great comic. All you need is the right material. So that's <laughs> right. why she's just chasing <laughs> written down punchlines and like. He's es- essentially saying you could be a great comic. All you need to do is be a great comic. Yeah. <laughs> the difference between you and a great comedian is performance skills and writing. <laughs> Other than that. <laughs> I mean, at first, the first bit of advice that he gave her was, why are you talking about all the sex shit? Uh, your life is funny. And that is great advice. That's solid. That's true. Yeah, and but then, then all she winds she did up is write about sex. <laughs> About her sex life when it wasn't true. Uh, uh, I, I assume. I don't know. Maybe John Goodman couldn't get it up. Uh, like, she didn't listen to the one good piece of advice, but the bad advice, the go do crowd work a bunch of times, that stuff she ate it up and it worked really well. Uh, I was just so glad this had, like, a lot of audience reactions because I had no idea who was winning. Like, I wasn't <laughs> laughing from any of them, so. I have a question for you. I was, uh, I was not... I guess I was technically around in the 80s, but I was drunk for most of it, so I don't remember. But I, uh, it was, uh, how bad was inflation that, I guess here's my question. How did he manage to stay broke when lunch is $1.50? $1.50 for a spaghetti special blew my mind. <laughs> blew my mind where I'm like, okay, no more complaining. Yeah. $1.50. In Manhattan, yeah, you have no like, less. Yes. Yes. You're in, Man- yeah, you were like eating at like the diner Rwanda or something. Like, <laughs> It's like eight rupees and come. <laughs> also, Jersey housewife. Yeah, takes the taxi every day. Jeez. Yeah, from Jersey. Yet to has New York no City. money for lunch for the, her kids. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, at that point, the five hundred dollars that she had been saving for a vacation, like she's been using it just on cab fares, it's not worth That'd it. That'd be two days of cab fare. Yeah, that's not. That's a terrible. Wait, thing also, about. wait a second. Come to think of it, they got paid fifteen dollars a set. Yes, that's. 10 spaghetti dinners at, at Cafe Rwanda. <laughs> so adjusting for inflation. Because he can only eat 10 times a day <laughs> on his comedy salary. Now, and then he, al- as- he also, he says he's broke, but then it's like, well, I do hospitals, I do kids parties. Well, you sound pretty busy. Yeah. <laughs> that hospital gig probably paid pretty well. Yeah. Probably paid 30 <laughs> spaghetti dinners. Pretty severe uh, meth habit, actually. Which has <laughs> a lot of my spaghetti dinners. Oh, funny Steve. <laughs> It's going well, down. He's called Funny Steve around the comedy clubs. In the meth world, he's called Methy Steve. <laughs> Uh-oh. Twitchy Steve. Yes. He's a chameleon. Yeah. That Steve was one of my favorite down. scenes <laughs> at the hospital where he drops out of medical school because he has no passion for it. But then when he's at the hospital, there's a unidentifiable sick kid. You don't know what's wrong with yeah, him. Yeah, just a kid with a shaved head and a beanie. Yeah. He decides to look at the chart. 
Yeah. Like, I'll check this out. I just dropped out at a uh, medical school. I know what I'm the doing. the first six months of anatomy. <laughs> yeah, so he looks I know at what the chart, the... sees it's rectal cancer, doesn't know where that is. <laughs> it's intestines somewhere. I, sh- I don't know I should have studied. <laughs> good answer or bad cancer? All he got to was like, he got past like the hip bone is connected to the knee bone and then he dropped out and he still thinks he can just take over. Wait, wait, Alex, stuff. those bones are not connected. <laughs> That's the first six. That's the first verse of that song, right? Funny, Alex Your doesn't need to know anatomy. Your leg bone, Alex. <laughs> they don't call me doctory, Alex. Come on. <laughs> also, also, no one at that hospital was like, "Oh, sure, sir, well, sir, don't touch." Yeah, we'll let the comedian look at the charts. Yeah. That seems normal. He was fun. We just paid him twelve dollars. Let's <laughs> yeah. let him t- take care of some patients. He made us laugh. Let's see what he thinks. Hey, <sighs> uh, I got a question. In your experience, do microphones only? create feedback when someone is bombing <laughs> <laughs> yes why is it only when someone is like choking really hard that the mic yeah you're right there was no reason for that to happen other than awkward silence even when he's hating and yelling he's not getting feedback but for some reason the silence and him about to cry it's a mi- it's a microphone that senses tension it is <laughs> and decides to it break can smell it your doing- fear yes <laughs> it's like a dog <laughs> This ad was neither required nor approved by read-weep.com slash Amazon. Amazon, leave your husband and run away with us. Hi there, I'm Tom Hank. And I'm Bork Borkington, the director of Punchline. Really? What, like you know the name of the director of Punchline? Good point, Bork. So everyone loves Punchline, but we always get one complaint. Why didn't the entire film take place while in line for a bowl of punch? Ah! <laughs> he likes your script, Ed. Thank you. I gotta calm down. Okay. <laughs> Just having a sudden realization about what it all means. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to new advances in filmmaking, the new DVD, Punchline, the Punchline Edition, will do just that. To see just how much better the new punchline is, here are a few of our favorite scenes. Play the clip, Bork! Lila was a frustrated housewife who just wanted a glass of punch. I've been trying to get punch for the last six weeks. When a hotshot stand-up stander decided to show her the ropes. I've been in line for punch every day for the last 18 months. Teach me how to be patient. All right, we're going to go to a hospital and wait for people to die. But there's trouble at home. Damn it, Lila. You're spending too much time in line for Punch. You're not patient and you never will be. But Joan, Punch makes me happy. Then we can buy Punch at read-weep.com slash Amazon. It's cheaper and you can spend time with your kids for once. You're right, John. Carrie, how have you been? I've been starring on Full House as DJ for the last year. Oh. Oh. So that's where I knew you from. Go to read-weep.com slash Amazon for all your Punch line needs. I did it! I made it to the front of the punchline. Wait, are you Mike Tyson? This is what they call a twist ending. M. Night Shyamalan uppercut. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get the ending. <laughs> it was a punchline. Oh, I get it. It's a punch. It was a line for a twist. It was a line for a punch. Oh, I get it. And then there's a guy punching. Yeah. yeah. And it, his dad was in the audience. <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> Megan. <laughs> Tell me what happened, Megan.
Yeah, I want to play a game with you guys really fast. Uh, because this, this movie had a lot of examples of one of my favorite things in movies, uh, which is where someone plays either just the first half or just the last half of a joke. And oh. You have to decide in your mind what the rest of the joke is. Okay. So uh, I'm going to read you guys some setups, and I want you to help figure out what the punchline for that joke would be. Sounds okay. good. All right. Ready. So uh, the first one. So George Washington gets off his white horse. Go. Oh, man. <laughs> but kicking the habit is harder than you think. <laughs> oh, man. Nice. Great. That's why they call him Heroiny George. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little... It's going down. <laughs> Slow. That's why he got those wooden teeth, is he was always rubbing the heroin on his teeth when he was done shooting some of it. That's right. That's no, not heroin. He sold his, yeah, I think he sold his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> he used to buy heroin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's buying teeth? Well, you like you cash out of your teeth, you know, because like, then you sell, and then you you know, get wooden teeth, and then some heroin. Yeah. <laughs> White horses dance like this. Black horses dance like this. <laughs> yeah, it was. All right, here, I got, I got one for you. Quote, I hate Wilma Flintstone. Let's talk about it. She's a fucking bitch. Any for, joke about Wilma Flintstone? First of all, I love let's talk about yeah. it. Let's address the Wilma elephant in the room. <laughs> it's, we're going to take that bitch down a notch. Fine. <laughs> she's, she's been riding too high for too long. Get her off that white horse. I have some words. <laughs> what is she, mean, what's, a, what's a Wilma Flintstone joke you have lying around? I think so. her and Betty are... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, that, that's the other guy doing lesbian lunch hour. The, the oh, nun. That was bad. Yeah. The nun? No, was Where he's it? just like... He, so here's the joke. He goes, "It's les- welcome to lesbian lunch hour. Let's talk to some lesbians. Walks into the crowd and says, what are you, a lesbian? And the lady says no, and he goes, "I think the lesbian doth protest too much." Like this is his routine. Right. It's just saying the word "lesbian" as many times. Is is just a lesbian was, like witch hunt? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or a lesbian hunt? Yeah. Was there a a, a lesbian? Was lesbian like a, a big comedy word in '88? I guess it must have. I think so. I think lesbians and vibrators were both very cutting edge. Oh yeah, they they did not know what the fuck to do about a vibrator. I liked her making that shocked face when she saw a vibrator. I know. Like, oh my. <laughs> I don't think I'd want to be intimate with anything that said Panasonic on it. Okay. <laughs> to be fair, we never saw what the, this specific vibrator looked like. It could have been like, I don't know, like Genghis Khan or something like that. It just had, it just had three different fists <laughs> coming out in different directions. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Little Punchy by Panasonic. <laughs> Punchy vibrator is going down. Uh, all right, I think we nailed Wilma Flintstone. Uh <laughs> I forgot about that. I apologize. Let's just both take the easy one. All right, here's a joke. Quote, the thing about being married to a Polish man, you'd think it'd be like being married to anybody else, but... You'd be right. (laughs) (laughs) But he speaks Polish way better. (laughs) Other than that, pretty much the same. He's he's well assimilated to America. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not really a group that we have a lot of stereotypes about right now. I don't yeah. know. Maybe that was going to be a positive stereotype. Show. Right. Just like, Polish guys are actually just the same. Yeah. yeah. They're the same. But Maybe a little smarter, like a little more considerate. We're all people. Very sensitive culture. Never pick up the check. Hmm. Um, it's a different group. Is that a geography joke? I don't know. It wasn't a joke. Oh, <laughs> Czechoslovakia. Are they anywhere near each other? 
I yeah. mean, they're in the same yeah, country. They, they border. Like land area. Oh, man, that was a great joke. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you're just like shotgun firing European countries you've heard of. <laughs> I hope they touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, those French and Istanbulese. Mm. There's a lot wrong Turks? with that sentence. Yeah. Uh, all right. How about this one? Quote, Nathan Hale, who says, quote, I only have one life. And then any joke. This is the history guy again, where all his setups were just person right. from history and then no joke. Was YOLO? That the, was that the set? Yeah. <laughs> Nathan Hale, YOLO. <laughs> YOLO in it. YOLO should, for my country. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that as a Twitter post. That seems, that seems doable. Yeah. <laughs> you want a photo? You already know though. We only live once. That's the model, nigga. Yolo, and we bought it every day, every day, every day. Like we sitting on the bench, nigga. We don't really play every day, every day. Fuck with anybody, say can't see him because the money in the way. Real nigga, what's up? All right. Uh, so that's gonna bring us to the second half of our compliment sandwich. We're just gonna say one more nice thing uh, about Punchline. So we're gonna go in reverse order. So Gabe, what is your last favorite thing you want to say about Punchline? Okay, I have a uh, I have a compliment for yeah. this movie. Go for it. I just I have a compliment for the entire movie. I actually think, besides the terrible stand-up comedy, mm-hmm. hmm. I actually like this movie. Like, I think it's an interesting story. Mm-hmm. I am sort of into it as a human uh, emotion story, not as a stand-up comedy story. But I, I actually think it has some heart. Yeah, and it's, it's actually uh, shocked me. I was really not expecting it to have. It's that kind much heart. of a sweet movie. Yeah. Uh, but the stand-up comedy is atrocious. It's not great. <laughs> and they also wedge it into every conversation. Uh, yeah, he does this thing where he's telling jokes that are in his set to people in conversation. and Which you would okay. almost never do, right? No, people do it all the time, but it makes you a terrible person. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It happens a lot. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was not expecting that much heart. It was actually... And also just... It was not the way I was expecting it to go, where he would like fall in love with the lady, teach her comedy, and then she would like leave him and be better than him and he would just sort of be an emotional shell of a man that was really not the directions i was expecting those characters to take it's really the jeff foxworthy larry the cable guy story (laughs) (laughs) thanks for mentoring me let's 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 get married let's get married Uh, that's my get her I don't know which one that is. Yeah, yeah. Which one were you trying to do so get I can make done. fun of you for it? How about that? That was okay. <laughs> get me done. Let's <laughs> just pick up line. Chris, go for it. Yeah. Chris, minor compliment. So even though it was kind of played for laughs, uh, quote unquote, and I didn't find this scene particularly funny, I thought it was very impressive how quickly Sally Field can get a house ready for a dinner party, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she's running late because she was kicking it with Tom Hanks, learning about comedy and life and, and stuff. And they have a dinner party that they're setting up for for these uh, for clients of her husband. And so she has like store-bought like meal stuff in a bag. And she managed to go upstairs, get change, get the girls change, get tea on. Yes, there's a fish in the water. Only um, killed one fish. Only fish. killed one fish. And like gets everything done and like has about five seconds to spare. Before and her you, also, and the you saw the fish in. thing coming, right? Like as yeah, soon as she went yeah. over the tea kettle, you were yeah. like, "Well, I can't wait for the kid to notice the fish <laughs> is missing." Mm-hmm. And then there's a fake out where the kid goes, "Mom, why is the water lower?" And yeah, waiting for the fish to be dead, and then they don't say anything about it, and then boom, dead fish. Yeah, next scene. Yeah, um, I was okay with the timing of that. I, I just also like, she said, "Where's the black goldfish?" Which doesn't seem like it's a goldfish anymore. Mm, yeah, that's still a thing. <laughs> it's a black fish at that point, right? It's a black goldfish. 
yeah. white goldfish dance like this. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it was that was really fun when she was running around. She did some interesting order where she like, got the plates out first, and I was like, "Why do you? Oh, okay, oh, that makes sense." And they yeah, had that that the soundtrack was, was sort of almost a Benny Hill. <laughs> oh, it was it was like it was like yeah, wanna also like perhaps stand up comedy saxophone really peaked in the 1980s as well. It did. We had a lot of sax solos on. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I I think it's uh I, I think maybe it'll come back one of these years. I'm waiting. The criminally the, underused the, tenor saxophone solo. Yeah. Yes. Just you, you'll get the uh, get the Comedy Central half hour of just tenor sax solo. <laughs> there was I mean when when he was about to when I think when they had their one kiss there was like some pretty gratuitous sax in there. Uh, the and one was, thing I hate is gratuitous sax. I uh, it's I don't need to see that. Yeah. It's that, it, it used to be it used to be such a clean medium movies and now. It's all just sack. Yeah, Bob Hope practice violence. room. Bob Hope. <laughs> Bob Hope never needed gratuitous sax. He didn't. It's just, just sax and violins. These guys, yeah, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. Sax and violins. Yeah. Oh, that's, man, you guys yeah, killed it on the music jokes. <laughs> Where were you guys when you were finishing the lesbian lunch hour? Well, <laughs> less to uh, say. All right, so I'm gonna my my minor compliment is that I actually. I think I kind of hate Tom Hanks a lot of the time. Uh, but you son of a bitch. Yeah, you hate what? Woody? You hate America. I, uh, he's just, he's so blubbery and weird now. At least old Tom Hanks. Uh, but I liked him in this movie. He does the, he does the deranged singing in the rain. Yeah. Which was, yeah. A, it was a really good, like mentally unstable dance routine. It was really, <laughs> that was solid. That was fun. Both technically difficult and emotionally uh, kind of jarring. Yeah. 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 Revealing, I that 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 got me. I was like, "All right, you charming son of a bitch, mm. you win." Call back to my compliment. What? No, oh, my, from my before. First one that I opened with that <laughs> I like Tom Hanks. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I normally agree with you, but I just want mostly I want to compliment the emotionally unstable singing in the rain. There you go. It's singing in deranged. Yeah, ah, almost, I'll take it. Yeah, almost works. Uh, as um, minor compliment, close it out. It better be good. Well, I guess it's sort of just a compliment to the times. I'm pretty sure this movie couldn't be made now, and good for us. <laughs> <laughs> We've come a long way, baby. <laughs> uh, I, it just seems like such a weird job, like writing for a character stand-up that has to be great at the end. Or same thing with her. Like, she's supposed to be really good at the end. Well, I well, think to do that properly, you have to use an actual comedian and mm-hmm. use a finished act. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You'd have to sell and work up to routine. it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, yeah, and or, then work backwards and like yeah. unwrite those jokes for her to test out. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I mean, they kind of had some movie magic though, right? Because like, in order to make someone tall, you can just put short people around them, and so it's like that's why you have a singing nun to make right. him seem so much better. It's like, right. yeah, the singing nun's not going to win. Sure, I'll go with uh, the guy from Big. <laughs> oh, okay. So the the actual magic of this movie mm-hmm. was hiring terribly unfunny people who were also sort of doing their own acts sometimes. I yeah, they know. might not have known that. The boombox yeah, guy? Yeah, boombox guy. I yeah. don't know about the guy who said, Arag. <laughs> oh, he's a comedian. He's still working. Yep, he's still around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that was actually his joke or not. I hope not. But uh, I think the joke was that if you say area rug in a funny voice... <laughs> Sort of like you're Iranian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was we- the racial. Ugh, that was weird. 
I've yeah. never noticed how Iranian people talk when they say area rug, but maybe it's like eagles. We just we just don't have the same kind of. I feel like we've lost a lot of the racial stereotypes that we had back in the eighties. Like no one like Polish people aren't like a distinct like group anymore. You know, they're yeah, just right. they're just people. Yeah. Same with Iranians. We don't seem to care that much anymore. No, or at least not about the way they say area rug. We're over it. It's yeah. Or I say, bring back saxophone and stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> saxophone stereotypes. Saxophone stereotypes. I just, so like yeah, we, we want we're gonna do the revival act, which is just some burlesque, a uh, tenor sax solo, oh, and then a guy God. doing an impression of a Korean taxi driver. <sighs> <laughs> Empire State Building. You're just yelling. That's all you're doing. <laughs> it's not even how they sound. More lazy stripping. <laughs> I'd like it. I'd see that show. Uh, yeah. And then some great callbacks so we can end. Ah. Uh, yeah. All right. That is it for our show, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back again next week. Next week, we're going to be watching Lost not in its entirety a random assortment of episodes uh as in chris have you already watched the series yes uh, i've watched up through the seasons that we're watching oh nice oh, i'm the only one who'll be experiencing this for the first time or uh, in other words i'm the only one who will not know what's happening please watch with your girlfriend <laughs> I will, I will, yeah. <laughs> oh I man that's a good idea <laughs> that's a solid plan uh yeah, and we'll be with Stephen Carter, which will be pretty great. Yes, this is Stephen Carter's guilty pleasure. We have put him through more pain, I think, than anybody else on the show, so he definitely deserves his his moment in the sun. He did originally want to just review a Brazilian restaurant. Over <laughs> <laughs> to Chow, though. Yeah. yeah, he didn't seem that guilty. Oh, I didn't ask you this. Do you feel guilty for liking this? Do you like how like as a guilty pleasure? Um, no, because. I mean, I know I don't. I'm not laughing at the stand-up comedy, right? I but I know I generally uh, do have a fondness for this movie. Okay, and you don't, and you're not embarrassed to tell people you have a I fondness don't, for it. As you may or may not know, Alex, I don't believe in guilty pleasure. <laughs> I just believe in pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like I'm hitting on you right now, but I'm not. <laughs> this works in the bar, believe it or not. Do you want to be my mentor? <laughs> I, you know what? I'm going to let you have first place in this contest. I don't need it that bad. <laughs> You've got John Goodman. You've got time. Yeah. You've got You've DJ got Tanner. <laughs> You've got your family. Anyway, awesome. So, uh, so Lost Next Week with Stephen Carter. Please join us for that. And uh, thanks for being here, as always, at C. Walter Smith. Chris Smith, thanks for being here. Of course. At Ezra Fox. But he doesn't write. He just reads. <laughs> I might have that one YOLO joke now. Yeah. <laughs> And he does follow back uh, as for Fox on Twitter. Uh, thanks for being here, Ez. Yeah, of course. And uh, the Rutledges, RutledgeRadio.com. That's, that's your right. podcast. Uh, I jokingly said it was just about porn. It's about other things. It's too porn much. Does about come up? <laughs> it, it does. It does. <laughs> I'm on the road a lot. Don't be judging. <laughs> but it's you and your wife talking about things that a, a, a comic and his wife might talk about. Absolutely. Uh, uh, the the opening, uh, which is still funny every time I hear it, that you're one of America's finest performing comedians. She's one of America's finest stay-at-home moms. Yes. It's a great line that gets played every single episode. <laughs> I still like it. That was not that was not a backhanded... I still like it. 
Uh, anyway, that's it. that's the show. It's very entertaining, so I, I recommend you listen to that. Uh, and also at Gabe Rutledge on Twitter. Thanks for being here, Gabe. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for sharing Punchline with us. <laughs> I hope to see the sequel with the different meanings of punch. <laughs> Take care, everybody. See you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.